The New York Times, New York Times put out a story mentioning our governor, Governor Pritzker, is a national story about what might be if President Joe Biden does not run the next round. He'll be 82 shortly after being elected president, should that happen. But Democratic circles are looking into who could be next if he doesn't run. And there are 11 probables they go through here. Everyone from Stacey Abrams to Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Mitch Landrieu in New Orleans, and some others. But among the 11, J.B. Pritzker, they even talk about him in the story as high on the list of probables. I want to ask Tom Bevan what he thinks about this, of real clear politics. He's the co-founder and president there. And I know you follow very closely national politics um, as part of your site and what you guys do over there, Tom. What what did you make of this? Certainly you saw it. What do you you think? (laughs) Well, you know... I kind of chuckled a little bit because it said in the New York Times story that that there's abundant talk of this in private, which is, you know, sort of a a funny way of putting it. Um, Look, could J.B. Pritzker be in the presidential mix in 2024? Sure. I mean, he's he has to win reelection. Number one, all these candidates that are standing for reelection on the Democratic and Republican side, folks like Ron DeSantis. I mean, they all have to win their 2022 elections and then they can look forward to. You know, assessing the landscape. I mean, most governors, most senators, uh, even some House members these days and mayors and and folks see themselves as presidential material. I think J.B.'s probably no different in that regard. He probably Mm -hmm. thinks he's done a very good job and and has, you know, the the option to run for president. He certainly has the checkbook. Sure. Um, And that's something that's not a small thing when you're talking about working your way through a a presidential primary. Um, So he has those things working in his favor, but pretty premature, uh, I think, for for anybody to be be discussing, uh, particularly him. But I I think the story sort of writ large just shows the problem that the Democrats have, because even though Joe Biden has said he's standing for re-election, nobody believes that. They don't believe that he's going to, actually. And Kamala Harris is not strong enough to clear the field. I mean, she would be the obvious choice, but she is uh, was not a good candidate the first time around. She has her approval ratings as vice president are below where Biden is. And so she's very vulnerable. And so that has Democrats sort of looking far and wide for possible, uh, you know, possible options. And, and J.B. is one of the ones that got mentioned. Isn't it, is it a personal ambition, do you think, of his that he would want to do this? Should the path get cleared and other things being what you say, is that something you think is true? Sure. I mean, I think JB has has expressed a, a sort of um, <clears throat> he, he's been an ambitious guy for a long time. Uh, he sees himself um, again having the, the the resources to to take on these things. Uh, my tell, and this mm-hmm. is when he's when I know he's serious about running, is when he starts losing weight because um, that's something that you know we've seen. It's it's just sort of been a feature of our politics for a long time now. We don't really, um, we, all of our presidents have been, have been thin. Even people who've run Chris Christie, for example, on the Republican side, went through a dramatic weight loss. Mike Pompeo on the Republican side now has lost a, a bunch of weight. Hmm. Um, and so I think that's a, 
that's another sign that perhaps he's really, really interested in, and is, is taking it very seriously. All right. The losing weight index will follow that as well. There is a lot of time, as you point out, Tom, so we'll have to see. But how about to speak generally, because you've got your finger on the pulse of this stuff. Trends in major cities, uh, mayoral elections, local elections, as what voters care about now that maybe weren't maybe weren't popping quite as much in terms of top concerns before. It feels like the electorate is shifting. You certainly saw that in New York, Eric Adams uh, being elected mayor Mm -hmm. there, showing the growing concerns about crime. That seems to be up there. What are you noticing? Yeah, I mean, the obvious, the the two issues that are top of mind of the American public right now, and it, it is, it's shifting both both in in large urban cities, but also the suburbs around these cities. And that's where the sort of electoral battleground is, particularly in swing states, the states that will decide uh, the election, the 2024 election, and even 2022. It's it's crime and it's inflation. I mean, those are the two things. You throw a third one in the mix there, sort of the critical race theory and education. Um, but, but crime is now become a suburban issue uh, that it wasn't in, in a way that it wasn't just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and inflation is obviously we've got more bad news on inflation this morning. Seems to be that this is a, a problem that's not going away. Um, it's one that the administration hasn't really done a very good job on messaging wise Democrats in general. And, and so uh, those are the two things that unless we see, uh, you know, event pop up that shifts the landscape dramatically between now and then. That's the that's the matrix, the issue matrix that Democrats are going to be facing in 2022. And it's, and it's at the moment, it's not a very good situation for them. I know it's not a big election issue necessarily, but it is a big issue being discussed. I saw several stories on your site about this, Real Clear Politics, about big tech's control over what we get to say. Um, I, I, you know, it, it just seems, I know on your site you have Democrats, Republicans, you've got independents, you've got all schools of thought that weigh in with different thought pieces. Is one of the reasons why I appreciate your site. But when it comes to big tech and their control, I saw today the top story on your site was John Stossel of ABC News fame. The involved in this back and forth with Facebook because they they actually fact checked him, I guess, and they disproved his post and then later said, no, no, no. When we say fact check it's really opinion. So <laughs> the whole thing, it, it just it's amazing to see the, the, the power they have. Amazing to see what, that they get to decide what's truthful and what's not, who's platformed and who's not. And I guess as private companies, they're allowed to do that, Tom. But the control issue, you guys run a lot of stories on this and spotlight this big issue that isn't going anywhere, but uh, increasing. Yeah, no, and and has has grown in importance and continues to grow in importance. And there's been a, an internal debate or a debate within sort of the Beltway about, uh, you know, what is the legislature's role? What can they do? Should these companies be broken up? Should they be uh, denied their their current status under Section 230 um, and be treated as as you know public utilities um, because they are the public square? I mean that's. And so their ability, even though they're private companies, right, to be shut out of, of uh, discourse or to be censored um, on, a, on a site like Facebook or, uh, you know, Twitter, for example, is, is a huge, huge thing. And so um, it is, it, look, it's, it's, one, and it's one of those things that, you know, Democrats actually have been arguing in favor of, and this is a, the COVID and sort of the idea of misinformation, um, Democrats have actually been in favor of, of these companies uh, doing more of that kind of thing, while Republicans have been very much opposed to it. And so it has become sort of a partisan fault line. 
And um, while it's not going to move many voters, I think, uh, around election time, it is one of the big debates uh, of our current uh of, of the current day, which I think is going to continue and only increase in the future. Mm-hmm. I know, Tom, your site, Real Clear Politics, is known as a go-to at election time, but you've be- made quite a name for yourself year-round now. People go to you for content. Is the Do you get to take a break a little bit over the holidays, or do you gear up <laughs> for the next election? Does that get to happen? Uh, well, you know, thankfully, it, the, the pace slows down around the holidays because, uh, you know, a lot of folks are taking time off, and so... Um, but in general, from where we started this thing 20 years ago, if you can believe that, mm-hmm. uh, the way the news uh, cycle has has shortened from days to hours to now even minutes has become uh, that that isn't changing. That's only getting worse. And that, that makes it a very, uh, you know, we got to kind of be even in slow times like this, we have to be monitoring and, and ready to update at a moment's notice because you just never know when when because uh, the flow of news these days is just so um it's so swift, it's really hard to keep up. Isn't that true? I've noticed that myself. There used to be a little a bit, a little bit of a lull around the holidays where really nothing happened. There'd be like a Friday afternoon news dump right before Christmas, some news somebody yeah. wanted to get out of the way, and then things would go a little quiet for a while. And that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't happen, Tom. We've got to be on our guard all the time. Thank That's you, right. Thank you for your thoughts today, though. Appreciate you joining us here on GN. Absolutely. Thanks, Anna.